Hello world. Hi. I would like to welcome you to the Migos show. You know? It's a day of life. My life. All right, it All is Thursday, February 8th, and the Cavs blew it up. Gone is Isaiah Thomas, gone is Channing Fry. gone is Amon Shumpert, gone is Jay Crowder, gone is Derek Rose, gone is Dwayne Wade. Um, those six names represent 29% of the games started for the Cavs this year and 31% of the individual minutes played. Um, the Cavs got back Larry Nance Jr., Jordan Clarkson, George Hill, and Rodney Hood. So people over the past month have been talking a lot about the Cavs and their struggles. They're 7-13 and 13 over their past 20 games. Um, there's been a lot of dissension, um, some locker room drama, some uh, team meetings in which Kevin Love's um, sickness was called into question, apparently. Um, and right before the trade deadline... Right after the Cavs went on a buzzer beater last night in overtime, they blow it all up. So you see the clip from that, by the way, of uh, Isaiah Thomas. Oh, like when he's trying to get in the huddle. <laughs> LeBron, I think it's LeBron. Yeah, they're. Uh, yeah, okay. So let, let's start there. Let's start there. Like, let's just talk about how fun it was to be on Twitter for like three hours this oh afternoon. Oh my god. Uh, well, one of the first things I saw, like, right before the trade, was a quote from Isaiah Thomas from last night. That said, <laughs> I don't want to be traded. I'm happy here. I'm tired of being traded. And they immediately traded him. He was bad. He was bad this yeah, year. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't put the ball through the hoop at a high frequency. He let the other team put the ball through the hoop. He like sh- he was shooting like 27 percent from three or something terrible. I mean, like it that. also just it boils down to you know the whole Kyrie trade where he demanded a max contract, and which he earned. I would say he earned it. We're gonna agree to disagree on this. As a Celtics fan, for that for last year, do you think Isaiah Thomas earned a max contract? I think that last season they're gonna make a fucking thirty for thirty about last season. Last season he had max contract play, but when you have one good season and you're what twenty nine years old, you're an older point guard and you have one oh, good yeah. season, you don't earn a max contract. This is, I mean, yeah. he said, "I want you guys to re-sign me to a max contract." I'm like, "All right, well, we can pay the same amount of money for a max contract and have Kyrie Irving, right, yeah. who is I mean, objectively yeah, this, this is my take over the summer too. After that trade happened, it was like, yeah, like the Cavs kind of got screwed on this trade because like the fact is Crowder and It are both in decline, um, and they were both tra- traded at the height of their their value, and they got Kyrie Irving back, which is just yeah. And I think a lot of it is that Brad Stevens brings out the best in certain players. I mean, he's a great coach. Um, <laughs> without this turning into me. Okay, we can't. Let's just talk about Twitter for a little bit longer. <laughs> just so I, I just want to run down some of my favorite memes that I saw. <laughs> so the, the top one I saw was from PFT Commenter. Um, he you just, had to stop just reading he, Twitter on okay, the podcast. You didn't know, like, watch this, watch this. This is fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, no, I saw it. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like a video of that like little kid who like uh, does like the I just want to rolly, really, really with a dab wrench. Like, he dances that song. He's like maybe three years old. <laughs> And BFT tweets, wow, incredibly touching IT highlight tribute video just released by the Cavs. No words. <laughs> All right, so the other the other tweet I thought was really funny was, was this report from Rachel Nichols saying that Isaiah Thomas's agent just texted her in all caps saying, IT is not coming <laughs> off the bench. So this is a guy who averaged like 28 points a game last year 
fringe MVP candidate. Now, the backup to Lonzo Ball. Luke, your thoughts? I mean, it's disrespectful, honestly. I think part of it is that I think Brad Stevens brought out the best in him. I think he had one great season, for sure. And that season was definitely max contract worthy. But you don't get to have one good season and start running around asking for a max contract because uh, next thing you know, you're on the Lakers fighting for a starting spot with Lonzo Ball. Mm, I don't know. Tim- Timofey Mozgov begs to differ. And so does Alan Crabb and Ken Bazemore. How are those, those contracts working? Hey, out Alan Crabb had 34 points last night. I won't <laughs> take con- any Alan Crabb slander <laughs> on this podcast. Okay, one more meme. One more meme. It's like the LeBron like 2014 I'm coming home thing. And people just started photoshopping shit on it. I saw these. Wait, how much cap space do the Lakers have now? I just blinked at the bench was empty, I swear. <laughs> Looking forward to making the playoffs this year with Laurie and, and Jordan and Larry and the second round pick in 2019. So, okay, this is actually something I want to talk about a little bit. This is kind of a good lead-in to, to the rest of the discussion. For like 15 minutes after all these trades were happening, I got super hot on LeBron going to the Clippers. Because think about how perfect it could be. LeBron's a free agent. Paul George is a free agent. DeAndre Jordan has an option for next year, and they just extended Lou Williams. They fire. They fire Doc Rivers. They get those guys all in L.A., and LeBron becomes the face of an L.A. franchise not named the Lakers, so he can create his own legacy with a different franchise. But then I, I looked at their cap space, and they're paying to look at like $22 million next year. So Yeah, he's not going to. It doesn't work. But, like, do you think do you think there's a chance he goes to L.A. after this? Um, I mean, there's a chance. I feel like the baseline of what they have isn't talented enough. for the, like, like, they have cap space for two max contracts. and Paul George and LeBron Paul George, James. LeBron James with <laughs> Lonzo Ball. Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. The next KD. Brandon Ingram. <laughs> Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball are... <laughs> bring what exactly yeah. what Clay Thompson and Draymond Green bring to right the but like who stuff. is like where I mean like I think Houston's like the only reasonable place where LeBron could go that like he would actually be in like a good situation besides Cleveland um I mean yes but I I guess I don't know I really, I really don't know where LeBron goes from here there isn't really do you think he leaves I, th- I think you have to, right? I mean, they just basically blew up the whole franchise to get some young talent to try to grow around. Sheesh. Sheesh. Uh, no, but this was my favorite, one of my favorite memes from it. It's uh, Dwayne Wade and LeBron. we got to stop describing memes on this podcast. That's yeah, okay. It's Dwayne Wade and LeBron sitting on the bench. Oh, the one where he's looking at him. Houston was blowing them out, and Dwayne Wade looks all frustrated. LeBron's giving him a little side look. It says D-Wade saying, man, we got to get rid of these bums and get some fresh blood in here, and then just Bron giving him the look. Yeah. All right, so... So what's going to be on LeBron's Instagram story tonight? Will he be on that Vino in a do-rag? Will he be smoking a cigar? Will he be showing off his shoes? I think it's going to be an Arthur meme with a rocket ship over it saying, hashtag strive for greatness. <laughs> he already Instagrammed a picture of D-Wade. In a heat jersey. Yeah. Are you rooting for Dwayne Wade? Honestly, respect. Like, respect to LeBron for just, like, looking out for his boy. He's like, yeah, this team's going in the shitter. I'm going to send my boy back home to Miami where he can just have, like, a hero's welcome Live out the live live out the rest of his career. We'll take a second round pick back that we're gonna send to Sacramento for a Hall of Fame shooting guard. Like what the fuck? I don't even know if I feel like I feel like because I mean, you know all right, somebody said that LeBron didn't talk to the front office before any of these trades. You know oh. LeBron talked to the front office before all of these trades. There is no move that goes to Cleveland that doesn't go through LeBron James. That's a fact. Um, I'm telling you, I really he do He was think calculating as he was hitting that buzzer beater last night. He yeah. was thinking about it. That's why he didn't He's like, man, JR is going to be out of here tomorrow. I'm so, I'm so done with this. <laughs> is JR gone? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. 
Shumpert's gone. Shumpert's gone. Shumpert's gone. Yeah, Shumpert. No, JR is what I love. JR's going to the bench. <laughs> he kept JR around. That was that was the asset he decided to keep. Okay, but honestly, I do think that the Cavs got better with this move. Like, and they kept Trish- I think I think the Cavs got better because Rodney Hood is a huge upgrade over JR Smith. A huge upgrade. Rodney has averaging like 17 points a game, and he's like 38% from three. And he's long. He's a good defender. You get Jordan Clarkson, who's a guy who can like come off the bench and get you buckets, even though he's not super efficient. That's basically like their Dwayne Wade fill-in, the bench unit guy, combo guard. Um, you get George Hill, who's a veteran point guard who like really, really wants to win. He wanted to go to a winning team like very badly, and I think we're probably going to see the best of George Hill coming out. He's battle-tested. He's played. He played with the Pacers in the playoffs in, in all those conference finals a few years back. Um, Larry Nance, like I don't know how good of a player he is, but he's a guy. He can. He'll, he'll have a couple cool dunks. He'll get some rebounds. He's back in Cleveland where his dad played and where his family's based. Um, so I think. I think. I think. Don't forget about that protected second round pick from Miami. Uh, yeah, don't forget. Well, they they actually traded that. But <laughs> <laughs> they actually traded that. They traded to the Kings. Um, but like I like this move. Like they cut the fat, and they really didn't give up that much. Like the really the only good player they gave up was Jay Crowder. Like it, Dwayne Wade's like <laughs> they okay traded now. they traded Dwayne Wade for like the additional tag on to a trade. Like they had the trade. Right, yeah, right. We'll throw in the second round pick yeah. from Miami. They traded Dwayne Wade for that. So like I think this is a net positive for the Cavs. The the only problem is you only have thirty five games left until you have to hit the playoffs. And I don't know if that's enough time for this team to gel and to figure out the rotations and everybody's roles. Yeah, I guess I can actually see your argument, despite not really being a fan of what the Cavs did today. I can see your argument that they added a lot of talent. Well, why, why didn't you like what they did today? The, so, yeah, I can see your argument that they added a lot of talent here. Um, I think that where I'm skeptical of what they did not, I won't even say I, I'm against it, but where I'm skeptical is that you just see how Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder played in Boston and how... I mean, I'm not going to say how Derrick Rose played in 40s on the Cavs, but um, you see how these players played before they're in the Cavs. It's a broken organization. I think you're going to bring in these players that have impressive numbers up till now and that once they're in the Cavs organization, they're not going to be playing to the same degree that they were earlier in the season. I think that the Cavs just have a broken system, broken offense right now, especially without Kevin Love. And I just, I, I really see the value of these players going down in the Cavs franchise. Especially because a lot of these players have gotten a chance to kind of like have some power over the offense or over their teams on their previous teams because you know they're not picking up players from Boston, Houston, Golden State. You know these guys were just playing with the Lakers, the Kings, and the Jazz. And it kind of just feels like one of those things where like you make a, a my GM in like two K and you have your team and you're like, well, fuck, this team isn't working. So you just trade your entire team on one day for like carbon copies of those other players and be like, oh yeah, this will work. But like if you don't take account for like team chemistry and time exactly. for the gel and making new rotations and stuff like that, obviously that can, it might, it might look like a good kind of like band-aid um, situation here, but I guess time will tell and that's, yeah. that's kind of. And I can also, I think the other thing is, I mean, I said this from a while back, but a lot of people disagreed with me. Uh, I, I didn't think that the Cleveland had a team that could win a championship. I don't think they had a team that could make the finals. And when did you say that? I said they weren't going to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. Well, LeBron's made, what, seven straight NBA Finals? Eight straight Stay NBA Finals? Stay my life. Um, well, I, either way, I, I didn't think that Cleveland had a team that was going to make the Finals, and LeBron's probably leaving at the end of the season. I think everybody sees that coming. I don't, do you think LeBron's going to stay? I... See, this is like this is where we're different. Like, I, I feel like Why I, would he I'm, say a very, I'm a very down-the-middle guy. He hates Dan Gilbert. He hates Dan Gilbert. He doesn't want to be there. He Cleveland just, is a bad city. He doesn't. 
What do you mean clear is a bad? Don't bring Cleveland into right. this. They're not <laughs> clear. Right, I'm sorry. I don't like. I don't disagree with you, but nothing to do with Cleveland. I don't know. I just worry that he he's very cognizant of his legacy, and I think he might be worried that going to ring chase somewhere else could sully his legacy more than he wants it to be sullied. Yeah, I guess I think that in the modern NBA with what the Warriors are people don't really worry about the whole ring chasing thing as much because, I mean... What do you mean? Katie still gets, like, shit on every night. Yeah, but I'm saying anybody else because the only way you're going to beat the Warriors is by ring chasing. Like, that's the only way that a team's going to come together. That's a, that's a good point. Like, unless right. you're get, unless you're. I feel like we, us trades. as fans, we hold superstars to, like, way too high of a standard. Yeah. Like, any human being presented with, like, the rational, the choices that these NBA players are like they would make the decision that Kevin Durant made they would like make the decision that like Kyrie Irving made like they'd be like yeah like let me go like I want to be somewhere else which comes back to I I really do think that it's not that LeBron is unbearable to play with or anything like that I think that people get all hot on those takes I think that LeBron demands a leadership role in his team as he's earned because he's the best player in the NBA and has been for the last 10 years he demands a leadership role on his team, and when you have another team player that wants to be a leader, for instance, Kyrie Irving, you, he looks at that lineup, he looks at the NBA, and he says, I could be a leader on 30 of these teams. Mm. I, I should be a leader on every one of these NBA teams. And he didn't get a leadership role in, in Cleveland because LeBron's the leader. So it makes players less inclined to want to play with him because they don't get the respect they deserve in some sense right. in the locker room. Do you think that's going to be a new precedent going forward? Because it seemed like in the past, at least like over the past five or six years, there are a lot of veterans who are like, yeah, I'm totally willing to play with LeBron. Was that because they're role players, or is that is there a different reason? Um, I think that the, it was it was players that were willing to take a back seat and let LeBron right. be the leader. Like, I, I don't think Dwayne Wade had any problem playing under LeBron. He never has. I mean, you, even he came to Cleveland as a sixth man, and he, he's never had a problem playing under LeBron. Right. Chris Bosh had no problem playing under LeBron because they were trying to win a championship there. Like, when they were the big three, everybody knew it was LeBron plus two. Right. And I think that when you have an Isaiah Thomas who – Wants to be a team leader, you know. So this was a, ho- a Hoom's team kind of debacle. It was, cl- I think it was a Hoom's team in the sense that it was clearly LeBron's team, and IT wanted some respect as he deserves, and no one in the locker room gave it to and him. And like, IT, like, over the past two weeks, like, he'd give all these press conferences where, like, he'd be like, yeah, like, we don't try hard enough on defense. Like, the culture here is, like, so different than, like, other places I play, which is like, you can't say that shit when it's, like, your first 10 games with a new organization. Like, I don't care who you are. Like that's cool. You scored twenty nine po- points a game, and you're like five foot two. Like that's great, but like you can't be saying that. I mean, I think people. He, are just had, he mad really at, had to go. People are just getting mad at him because he's telling the truth. That's all it is. No, but like, like, there's, you should tell the truth, but like you also shouldn't. If you're in the NBA locker room, like if you're a player, you shouldn't tell the truth. You should just speak. And, <laughs> you should speak, tell the truth. Speak and play, but you shouldn't tell the you truth. You should speak and player speak and not stir the pot and focus on winning and not focus on getting the fucking Bleacher Report headlines the next morning. Yeah, that's fair. And I think that's, I mean, if you look at a lot of the best franchises, that's what they do best. I mean, again, I mean, not to make it it about... Patriots. Holy shit, we didn't even talk about the Super Bowl. We're not going to talk about the Super Bowl, that's why. (laughs) Oh, man. What's to talk about? I totally forgot about that. It wasn't cash. Yeah, so, I mean, I think IT had to go because he was playing bad, he was causing chemistry issues. Does Cleveland have any chance to win finals do you think? of course they have a chance to win the finals you really feel that way yeah you can't, i can't say i can't year. i can't say no they have zero chance of making the of w- like winning the finals i think they have a 20 percent chance of making it and zero percent chance of winning it they will you not have zero percent they have okay. they will not win the nba finals they I mean, have the I'd, same I'd, team they were last year minus kyrie irving plus changing some role players i'd probably still put playing it at like 
30 and 15 for those same two metrics. Put them, put them head-to-head with the Warriors. They have literally one player on their team that is better than a player on the Warriors head-to-head matchup. So, so, dude, playoff LeBron is a whole new monster. I've experienced it firsthand. I don't you know me- I've experienced I don't it firsthand. Mess, I don't mess with LeBron playoff LeBron. going to the finals eight years in a row means that my team didn't go to the finals eight years in a row. I don't mess with playoff LeBron anymore. So there's always a chance. That's what I'll say. There's always a chance. So there are two elephants in this room. The first one we just talked about, the crazy deadline um, that happened today. The second elephant is what happened on Sunday night. Um, The Patriots lose their third Super Bowl, nearing um, a record, I believe, uh, for Super Bowl losses. In probably what was like one of the better NFL games I've ever seen, but Luke's shaking his head. Um, We haven't haven't talked about it, and we need to talk about it. So we're going to talk about it. are also nearing the record for Super Bowl wins, but, you know, selective facts, I guess. I got some very scary texts from Luke on Sunday night. Um, <laughs> so, so where are you at right now? All right. Um, I can engage in loser talk. I can talk. What is loser talk? I can engage in loser talk. I can talk about how I really, no one knows what catch is. I think that the, the one out of the back of the end zone with, what was his name? Clarks. Clement. Corey Clement. Clement. Corey, yeah. Corey Clement. Yeah. That, I, the Corey Clement catch out of the back of the end zone. That's the first thing you I don't think he but we're secured not that ball. Talk, so. um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, <laughs> but at the end of the day, uh, that's not really what's been on my mind. It's just like when you play the defense that we played, I think they punted the ball once all game. Mm-hmm. And we're in the red zone within like two minutes of every drive. When you play that defense, you're not going to win a football game. So. And, like, honest to God, I, I think if Brady doesn't fumble with just over two minutes left, they win, they win the game. They win that game. Um, yeah, they, they score on that drive. It was that game. close. And he, he also probably should have gotten rid of the ball about two seconds sooner on that drive. The guy was open forever. Um, I don't know. My one – so this is going to be – this is kind of a weird takeaway that people aren't talking about enough. Um, the whole Brandon Cooks injury thing, it's a clean hit. People forgot that he was injured in the first quarter. Yeah, and it was huge for us. I mean, he's our biggest downfield threat. Right, right. Um, I understand it was a clean hit. I'm not arguing there should have been a flag. I'm not arguing that it was a dirty play and that that changed the trajectory of the game. But I don't know how the NFL can run a league where they claim that they're trying to take concussions seriously and they're trying to take players' health into account where that's a clean hit. I don't think the NFL is taking any of this seriously. <laughs> I don't think they are either. Like, but they're, they're running around and claiming that, making this whole claim the whole time. And the, like, you I don't can't. know how it's that like, can be It's clear. football. Like, you can't... Ultimately, you can't do that there much about any of this. There are a million ways that Brandon Curtis can go down without getting clocked in the head on that play. Honestly, I'm, like, my opinion's starting to change in that, like, I really don't think there's anything you can do about stuff like this. Like, unless you want to just tell players, like, yeah, you can only hit people in, like, the torso and so defensive players have to get that much better at hitting and the game swings even farther towards the offense like what's going to change it yeah, that's, that's the nature of the sport um, guys are going to play guys are going to retire guys are going to be injured and like that's something as a society we just have to like figure out if we're cool with that yeah anyways going to the Super Bowl and losing all that really means is that we're four weeks behind in the in the um in the free on the recruiting trail I went from super worried uh, Pat's legacy's dead to Pat's are back Pat's going to the Super Bowl next year Pat's going to win the Super Bowl next mm-hmm. year my stance had been that Brady's going to retire with seven rings 
three seasons left after that one. I now think he's got three seasons left still, but probably so eight rings. six rings. <laughs> so eight rings. But he'll probably I think he'll probably retire with six rings. He'll win another one. Um, probably next season, maybe the season after that. I my biggest concern right now is Rob Gronkowski because his body has taken just such a beating throughout his career. Mm. He's not had a fun career. Despite being, the I most think fun he would have think it was. It's been fun. I think he probably has enjoyed it very much. <laughs> He's probably enjoyed it, but for the average NFL player, not a fun career. Right. Um, and there were talks of him retiring. He hasn't really confirmed or denied. Really? Yeah, I haven't heard that. I, I I could really. I, I mean, I could see him retire. I mean, I think that the hit to the head was probably a pretty scary instance for him because before this, it's always just been ligament type stuff that you know you throw a cast on, he can still go to a club and party. Now, he's got an injury to yeah. his head, which yeah. is incredibly serious. Yeah. He's probably looking looking forward to the rest of his life and doesn't want to be a vegetable. So, right. I'm worried about Gronk retiring. I'm not worried about the Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels thing because Bill is gonna open his world to Josh and Josh is gonna become a cutoff hoodie wearing badass <laughs> and Josh McDaniels is gonna become the new Bill Belichick and everybody's gonna be furious. And Brady's gonna play till he's forty eight and Would Jimmy Garoppolo have won the Super Bowl? We're not doing this. That's not a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why He's I, on my he's on my mind today. He's on my mind. Yeah. Speaking so Jimmy Guap, is he legit? Obviously he's legit. He's six and out. Um, but that's six games. Like I think he's a top ten asset, a top ten quarterback asset in the league right now. I think that's fair. Do to you say. give the numbers to back that up though? Like, do you think that you have like? I feel like top ten quarterback asset. I just feel like like name ten quarterbacks you'd rather have right now going into next season than Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, I definitely can't. But I, I I just feel like giving him the biggest contract in NFL history after also six like, starts is a pretty oh it's definitely oh like we gave Kaepernick the same deal after he took the after he took the Niners to the Super Bowl and like. Obviously, that didn't turn out very well. Um, but, like, the thing is, like, it's, it's yeah, it says it's $137.5 million. It's only $90 million guaranteed in the first three years. Only 90 million. So that's, like, a fuck ton of money, yeah. But there's a big difference, right? Like, this isn't, like, the MLB or the, or the NBA where, like, all that money is guaranteed. And also, like, the Niners can afford this. Like, they really haven't invested in anybody in the past, like, four or five years. Like, th- this is something you can afford. This is someone you build... Um, a franchise around and like I think it's totally reasonable to invest that kind of money yeah I really do want the best for Jimmy Guap so I'm, I'm hoping that it works out for you guys I'm hoping that he becomes everything that right. he should have been in New England and, and it's not like expectations were, weren't already sky high like we, everybody's already like oh Niners are going 10 and 6 next year going to the playoffs like it's not like this really changes anything yeah there's just there there is a I mean there is a chance though that the, the Defenses in the league figure out how to play Jimmy, and he ends up going. I think I, I think the guy who should be getting paid 140 million dollars a year is or 140 million dollars is Kyle Shanahan. Because I think looking at their offense this year compared to their offense last year, it's just like leaps and bounds, more inventive, getting guys that are easily open. And all you need is a, a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo who can make all the easy throws and some of the hard throws, and you look a whole lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, I, I don't, I actually don't hate the signing at all. It just, it definitely is a. High risk, high reward. And it's a great headline, too. Jimmy Garoppolo, five starts, yeah. biggest contract in, in NFL history. Yeah. Um, Our teams now have the two most handsome quarterbacks in the NFL. Goddamn. They're such smokes. Kuop is so attractive. Oh, my God. Um, let's pivot a little bit to Northwestern basketball. We seem like we talk about this every week because every week seems like something changes. the Cats are back, baby. All right, so Northwestern gets their first signature Win of the season uh, over number twenty Michigan on Tuesday night. Handily. I mean by nine points. Michigan State or Michigan just like 
didn't play any offense in the second half, and, and um, Scotty Lindsay and Brian McIntosh, both seniors, played like seniors in that game, combined for, I think, 43 points. Um, just like the first time in a while we've seen both of them play really well and, and get buckets down the stretch. Um, so now what everybody's doing is obviously saying, all right, what's the path for Northwestern to make the tournament? So path is clear. It, run well, through Maryland twice. Run through Maryland twice. Let Michigan State blow our tires off. Do whatever they have to do to us. Let them, okay. let them, I'm going to concede that game. That's a loss. Okay. Who else have we got left? Okay, so they play Maryland on Saturday and then Rutgers on the road on Tuesday. You need to win both those games. Michigan State the following Saturday. Then Maryland and Wisconsin at home. Really the only game they can afford to lose is Michigan State. But the problem is the only top 50 win Northwestern has right now is Michigan. So if their only top 50 win on the season is against Michigan, I don't think they're getting it. Regardless, if they go, if they... What's it leave their record out if they win out? If they, well, if they win out... That Not means, counting Michigan State. So, so they, if they go 5-1 and one the rest of the year, they'd be 20-11 and 11 and 11-7 11 and in conference play, um, which is, I think, one less than they had. They were 11-7. and seven. We had 21 wins last year. Yeah. Um, but the difference this year is that obviously the Big Ten's a lot weaker. Um, yeah. Northwestern doesn't have their signature... Um, win last State. year we beat Wisconsin on the road um, plus Michigan at home that was also a huge win and moreover Northwestern doesn't have any good non-conference wins like last year we beat DePaul or sorry Dayton um, Texas and Wake Forest those are all top 70 wins um, this year our best non-conference win is against DePaul who's 117th could be higher um, well obviously they, they could be higher but they're actually really bad they're 9 and 14 um, <laughs> so what has to, like the easiest way to get in would be to, to win the big, big 10 tournament right now Northwestern is probably going to be 7th or 8th in the big 10 which means they'll play um, someone like Indiana or Penn State in the first round for the right to play Michigan State or Ohio State or Purdue in the second round so doesn't look great doesn't look like it doesn't look like they'll play more than two games in the big 10 tournament if somehow they get into the semifinals, that'd be cool. But I think they really probably have to win the whole thing. Yeah, though if they if they go five and one down the season and win two games in the tournament, I'll put them at twenty two wins. I think they're not gonna make the tournament. But if they only have one good win, I well, mean they, they can pick up a good win in the tournament. So you're saying they beat Purdue or Michigan State or Ohio State? It'd have to be one of them. I feel like right. The right. Here's what here's here's what I feel like. I, what I'm doing right now is I'm I'm building myself up to really believe that we're gonna beat Maryland Rutgers. Maryland twice, Rutgers, Wisconsin, and Iowa, but I know that Reasonable. we're just gonna. I know that I know what's gonna like. We're gonna end up just losing like, by like. There's also there's also like a very good chance we lose to Rutgers on the road. Um, that's, Rutgers, that's gonna be Rutgers, Rutgers has been, been the Rutgers, Rutgers has been low key sneaky good at home. Rutgers um, is gonna be the, the the nail in the coffin for Northwestern basketball yeah. in the most painful way ever. They the last the, school they have the twentieth most team. efficient defense in the country, which is actually not good at all for Northwestern. Well, our offense is really strong and definitely consistent. So. Yeah, super good. That'll really work really well good. for us. We're very good at penetration. Yeah, we, we get, to the, free th- of, get we the free throw in a lot. Get a lot of easy shots. Super easy legs. Never take contested threes. Yeah. Seven seconds or less. The Northwestern All right, so to close out this episode, we're debuting a new segment called Dreams. Luke, take it away. 
Uh, I had a dream about a week ago that I was in a five-person class with Jay Adande Davis and some other kids that are in my class that I have with Jay and Davis that I don't know, but Davis does know. And he Jay was like talking to us about giving us a pop quiz, and he was like, we were like we were like discussing uh, we were discussing Kevin Durant. He was like, can I give you guys a pop quiz on this? And everybody in the room was like, yeah, we'll ace it. I was like, I don't know that much about Kevin Durant. And then he like gave us this like table that had like his best matchups in the NBA <laughs> and his biggest defensive weaknesses. And I'm watching you guys just tear through it. I think it was like four kids from like the Bay Area in my dream. Oh yeah. And you guys are just tearing through it. I'm trying to peek off your like what what were you writing? I mean, I don't really remember because <laughs> it was like a dream. You're just trying to cheat, but it was, you like you couldn't read what we were. I was writing. trying. I definitely got something. That's where I got. I got something that was real along the lines of like slow off a pick and roll, which is not which true. is not true. <laughs> well, well, give me something real that is a defensive uh, weakness for. Uh, he's too tall, so people go through his legs. <laughs> don't think that's real. <laughs> but you guys are just slamming uh, away. Kevin Durant has no weaknesses. And there was also like it was like it didn't have like titles to the table, so I didn't remember what we were supposed to be looking for. So I'm just trying to think of like matchups and I read like Giannis and like Przingis. Uh, so all the guys who look like Durant in the league but aren't <laughs> Kevin Durant. <Yeah. laughs> and then I turn you guys are, like tearing away his defensive weaknesses and then Jay starts tech, uh starts starts collecting the quiz and all I have for his weaknesses is that he's too lanky. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do any reps of the bench press at the 2007 draft combine. Yeah, so that, that's, all I could, that's all I could muster up, and I was like, fuck, I just failed the quiz about Kevin Durant with Jay Hitane. And that was our dream segment. Hurt my uh, Big J credibility for the pod. Love you guys. Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> shoo, 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 shoo.